0: conversation with everybody out there in podcast land. This is the Judo Chop Suey Podcast, and I'm your host, Judo Dave Roman. Want to wish every single one of you, at least the male listeners out there, a belated Happy Father's Day. You know, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. In an era where men are belittled on TV, they're made to look like idiots that need to that need a woman to to clean up their messes or whatever. I want to give a shout out to all the real men out there that stand for what they believe in, aren't afraid to speak their mind, and most importantly, are a role model for our younger generation. Now, you don't necessarily have to be a father to be honored in this diatribe of mine here. I'm talking about uh, Judo Sensei, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructors, anybody that volunteers their time, For Little League, anybody that volunteers their time to be a big brother, let's say, you are all male role models, and there is nothing more amazing and more powerful than a man that sets his mind to do something, and when that man sets his mind to do something that is good, something that is creative, and something that is constructive— Beautiful things happen, and I want to give a shout out to all the real men out there, whether you're fathers, whether you're actual fathers or not, but for all of you that are male role models, fathers, whatever, sensei, Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructors, whatever the case may be, uh, I'm going to crack open a cold one and pour myself a glass and raise a toast in honor of all of the real men out there. Now, on this episode of the Judo Chop Suey podcast, I'm going to bring back a former guest of mine, Mr. Jonah Ull of 510 Judo and Wrestling is going to join me to talk about a lot of what's going on in his club, to talk about things that he's learned since he was last on the podcast about being a judo instructor, about running a business, things that have changed in his life and things that... um. Things that are different, things that have remained the same. So we're just going to catch up with Jonah and and find out how his business is doing. I'll give you a hint; it's doing fantastic. So I'm very excited to bring him on the podcast once again. But before I do that, want to talk a little bit about um, some things that I've been watching on TV. Now I promise, I look, I'm not bringing back the housekeeping stuff to talk about, you know, movies and whatnot. But there's just some things lately. That I got to talk about. What can I say? But I'm going to keep it really brief. So here it goes. Dark Phoenix, pass. Horrible movie. I watched it a couple of days ago. It was a big disappointment. For all of you that are X-Men fans, put it this way. I liked The Last Stand better than this movie. On HBO, there's this five-episode show called Chernobyl. It's fantastic. I highly recommend it. Oh, yeah, and earlier tonight, I got two more stripes on my white belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I'm very excited about that. I am very grateful for the recognition. So, yeah, hooray for me. I am very excited about that. I really appreciate the recognition, like I just said. I am really enjoying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I'm not going to lie about that. And, and you know, every once in a while, I see these ridiculous comments online by old school judo guys that that really really put down Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and I, I yeah, far be it for me for, be the, to be the guy that fights for the honor of Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or something like that. But it those kind of comments really bug the crap out of me, you know, because it's just it's not it's not really fair, and they're really ignorant, quite frankly. And you know, unfortunately, sometimes these guys, you, you know, they're really with the the closed mindset, they they might join a Brazilian jiu-jitsu club and it just so happens to be teaching one of those techniques that they've learned in judo like 20 years ago. And it's like, I, you know, they're like, aha, you see, this is nothing but ju- just judo on the ground with different rules. And it, it really isn't. It's it's really been a a really eye-opening experience for me. And most of all, you know, I love the process of being a student once again. Now that doesn't mean that just because I'm a neon in judo that I that I'm some sort of instructor or anything like that. Of course, I will always be a student in judo. But you know what I mean—that the whole process of going through the ranks all over again and, and and trying to work hard and find solutions to problems that I faced on the mats, you know, rolling with bigger guys, rolling with younger guys you know, old school versus new school, that kind of thing. So it's it's really exciting for me to be a student once again. And, and uh, again, I, I am very grateful for the recognition. I, I, I suppose the next stop for me would be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Blue Belt. And I've made this correlation before that to me, the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Blue Belt is kind of the equivalent in Judo to the Sankyu rank. It's a, it's, a, it's a milestone rank. It's an important rank. So for me, I'm not stopping Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu anytime soon. There's no way I'm going to stop. It's going to allow me to continue training for the long term. And my flexibility is improving little by little just by doing Jiu-Jitsu alone. And it's a lot of fun. Jiu-Jitsu allows me to train through injuries that I normally can't train through in Judo. I've complained about my back spasms and a pulled groin. I think my pulled groin is finally, after six months, gone, I think. Today I did uh I did some pretty good Rondori with Judo Joe and and I was able to move the way that I want to move. I, I didn't feel any limitations. Uh, of course I still have my back spasms, but I, I I can do judo with back spasms. I I can't really uh I can't be myself when I have a pulled groin doing judo. It just it it limits me. It limits other people's abilities to do throws on me and stuff, so where was I going with that? Oh yeah, jujitsu. It allows me to train through injuries that normally I probably couldn't couldn't train or, or I not I don't want to say train. Probably practice practice through uh, in judo. So I'm loving it, man. I I I admit it. I love it. All right. So enough about that. I would like to bring on my guest today. His name is Jonah Uel. He is the head sensei of Five One O Judo and Wrestling out in San Leandro, California, I believe. Hopefully, he'll correct me on that. So, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jonah UL. Welcome back. Jonah, welcome back to the your Judo Greens Chop, Chop Sui Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having welcome me on. Back. I'm really excited to have you back on. It's, it's, been, uh, it's been about two and a half years or so, and, and I, I I swear I, I've, I've made a promise to myself that all the people that I've interviewed, I'm going to bring them back at some point in the future and you and today is your day my man so i nice. really appreciate you taking the time um All right. so the the reason why i wanted to bring you back is i want to have a discussion a follow up discussion on really how things have been going for you and your judo club there's been a lot of changes you know you and i talk a, a lot via email you know i yeah. follow you on instagram i follow your mm. your uh things that have been going on in your life and i wanted to bring you back on to discuss how your business is doing, um, the lessons you've learned since you, since the last time we spoke and, and and just kind of just catching up in that sense. So, so Jonah, why don't you tell me a little bit about your current club right now? It's no longer Oakland judo. It's now Five Ten judo and wrestling. So why don't you tell the listeners uh, why the name change and, and, um, What's been going on? You, we'll go maybe at a high level. What's been going on since we last talked, and then we'll kind of deep dive into some of the lessons that you have learned during this time. So, tell me about five ten judo and wrestling.
1: Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we moved from Oakland, so we're no longer within the city limits of Oakland. So, um, we had to change the name, and um, there was a lot. Of, I went through a whole lot of different possible names and. A lot of people that are already in the club wanted to keep it Oakland Judo, but I it just doesn't make sense to me because we're no longer in Oakland, so Right.
0: How far <laughs> so, uh, are you from Oakland? How far away are you from Oakland?
1: Like, I mean, I could I could walk from here from the front door of my dojo, I could walk into Oakland uh in about 5 minutes.
0: Oh, okay. So you're really close. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, um, and uh so yeah, so I just went with 510 judo. I mean, you could say 5'10, 510, whatever. And it's um because that's our area code over here in, in the east east side of San Francisco Bay area. And um, yeah, so that's uh that's where we are. And we moved into uh our own space. In our previous space, we were sharing space with a, a weightlifting gym that was owned by uh, one of my buddies, Jeff Bott. It's called Oakland Strength Factory, which is uh, it's a great place,
0: but you know, it was it was time to get our own spot. So Right. So the last time I had you on the podcast, you were renting out of a business that was a t-shirt making company. And I believe the fellow was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu purple belt. So you both were sharing that kind of space. That's correct. Yes. So <laughs> he, you, um, Go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. I was just going to ask. So you went from the t-shirt company to Oakland strength and uh, the St- Oakland strength factory, or were That's there true. a couple of other places in between? No, it was it was just those uh, two places.
1: We started at my uh, at my sensei's old dojo, which was in the same neighborhood, and uh, he was um, he had his acupuncture business in the front and uh, you know space to teach Tai Chi in the back. And so we started there. Then we moved uh, to the um, to the T-shirt place, which was uh, with uh, my buddy Jose Ortega, who's uh, uh, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. We're on the same Brazilian Jiu Jitsu organization, which is the Carlson Gracie. Uh, organization and um and so we were uh sharing space there and then uh, i needed more space and more class time so i moved to just down the street again same neighborhood to um oakland strength factory which was uh owned by jeff Bott, who's also a carlson gracie teammate um who's uh both those guys they were purple belts and now they're both brown belts so everyone's moving up and um yeah and then uh We actually had you know a huge mat space because in Oakland Strength Factory because he had uh, you know it's like a big warehouse type thing. So we just took like I don't know like a third or a quarter of the floor space and uh, set up our mats there. And um, yeah, and then uh, now we're over here. We got our own spot. So in in beautiful San Leandro, California, by the way, which uh, San Leandro is really nice. I didn't know much about San Leandro until I we moved our business here, and it's it's really nice.
0: That's fantastic. Now. Since you've moved a couple of places, have you lo- been able to retain most of your students?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, definitely, you know, the last three places, of course, we're all in the same neighborhood. So, you know, we didn't lose any people. Uh, moving over here to San Leandro, we're about, oh, about five or six miles away from the old neighborhood. So okay. um, and we, we've lost, uh, we've lost a few, not many though. We've lost maybe like uh, three or four kids and Mostly because it's like, it's, you know, it's just the parents don't want to drive down here. And, um, so, but yeah, most, I would say like, you know, most of our, most of our people are all the
0: same. Fantastic. No, that, that, that's great to hear. So the last time we spoke, um, you had, you told me you had about, uh, close to 50 paying students and then maybe another 30 that, uh, that, um, maybe weren't paying or, or, or paying a portion of that, uh, those fees what what's your students um numbers look like these days is it around the same have you grown quite a bit oh uh, we've grown quite a bit actually i also
1: went back and listened to our old interview and it was, it was ah. just it was funny it was really cool It was like a time capsule <laughs> so, and uh and at that time what i told you was i had 50 50 i think it was 52 students but only 36 of them were paying um, okay gotcha yeah, so now um now we're at about uh 117 and you know out of out of that the same could have served same you know there's some people that are you know listed as students but they're not paying like my sensei and you know of course I wouldn't charge him and you know various other things. Of course. Um so the number of people that are paying uh is a, uh, just about 100. Yeah, it goes up, you know it fluctuates month to month but it's on an upward trend so. But yeah, that- about 100.
0: That's really fantastic to hear, Jonah, especially, you know, especially when I talk about um, or especially lately, I've been having conversations with different sensei and, and club owners about um, running their judo program as a business. And and part of the reason why I wanted to bring you back on here is to catch up, but also to find out some of the lessons that you've learned um, over the past two and a half years. So it was my understanding that. It, Way back when, you weren't really charging as much for for judo lessons because you felt that in your area, maybe not in your immediate area, but but locally, you had uh, other judo instructors that maybe were were uh, to put it you know in, in a certain way, maybe more accomplished in terms of competition and and, and their background and stuff. So I re- I, I I recall. Maybe you felt a little bit well, i I can't charge as much because I'm not this guy, but it's my understanding you've you've changed your rates over the past couple of years. Can you talk about that decision making process and where you're at now and and how you got there?
1: Sure. yeah, uh, basically, I, I just raised I raised the rates um, slowly and you know slowly and gently <laughs> over time uh, over these past few years. And uh, I only raise the rates when I'm adding services. So for instance, when we moved from uh when we added, you know, when basically when we add more classes, uh, you know, we started out with just two classes a week and it was adults only. And then, you know, now we have about 18 classes a week. So just like every time I would add a class or add a, add a set of classes or add another program, then um I would, you know, I might kick it up about, you know, 10 bucks a month or so, 10 or 20 bucks a month. And uh right now I'm at um for uh you know if, if uh was that part of your question did you want to know yes, how much Yes, absolutely. yes, yes absolutely <laughs> yes yeah
0: yeah I'm, so, I'm very curious.
1: Yeah yeah so basically I mean it's all on my website so which is 510judo.com by the way. Okay. Um and, and uh, yeah so for kids it's 119 a month and for adults uh it's between 119 and 139 a month just depends on how long you sign up for. So my kids program is all we don't have um any long-term contracts for kids. Okay. um, Which I know is is not like, it's not really industry standard. You know, most of the martial arts, successful martial arts schools do have long-term contracts or they offer long-term contracts. Uh, I I don't just because like, you know, kids change their minds about things so often. So, you know, and I just don't want to be in the position of like, yeah, going through the whole, like convincing a parent's like to sign their kid up for a year or two years when they're like eight years old, you know, and like, so I just I made all the kids memberships month to month. Um, so okay. yeah, so that's, that's 119 a month. And for adults, I just offer them the option. So uh, usually for adults, I, uh, I encourage them to, do, to try uh, to do the month-to-month program, you know, which is 139 a month. Uh, so just to see if they like it, and then once you know they've done it for a month, two months, three months, they're so like, okay, I'm definitely going to stick with this. Then you know. Then they can always switch up to the six month uh, uh, membership, which is one twenty nine a month, or the twelve month membership, which is one nineteen a month.
0: So I'm curious to know, was that so? Because I've heard Travis Stevens, I've heard other people state that you should be charging at least a uh, hundred dollars a month for, for judo. If you're trying to be a, a full-time instructor, which I, I given that you're teaching 18 classes a week, I got, I got to believe you're just about full-time. So was that hard for you to break that hundred dollar barrier?
1: Uh, you mean, you mean for my, like psychologically? Or yeah.
0: Yeah. Psychologically. Was that, was that a difficult thing, thing for you to do? Because I know in judo, uh, I actually talked about this on my last episode that sometimes it's, we, we have this idea that, that, uh, judo should always be, be free or we should keep the costs low and stuff. So I, I guess I'm curious, just if you want to call it psychologically or, or, or if you felt, you know, maybe you want to call it morally, whatever the case you want to call it. Was it hard for you to come to get those rates to where they're at today? No, not at all. Okay. Yeah. No, I
1: mean, you know, I, I, work hard, I provide a good program and, uh, and, uh, so, you know, I just, I set the rates where, where I think they should be. And, um, you know, if I didn't, um, you know, there's, there's, there's two sides of it, you know, one side is that, you know, you, there's like, if you look into like, uh, business books, they'll talk about the psychology of pricing and, and how you don't want to compete, you know, you don't want to turn martial arts into a commodity like corn or soybeans, you know, it's like, you don't want people that are gonna um, you don't wanna compete on price, basically. You don't know be I mean? look at me, I got the lowest priced martial arts in town. Come on right. down, get some low price martial arts. You know, that's not it's not, it's just it's a race to the bottom, nobody wins, you know. So um uh so you, you know, if you offer a program that is priced, you know, the same or higher as other pro- as other martial arts programs in the area, then uh, people can be like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, people who don't know anything else about it would be like oh okay i guess they're about the same i guess i better check it out um and and then uh on my side you know if i'm charging that much i feel an obligation absolutely worth that much to provide you know a nice dojo which we have now and like nice mats and like just a nice customer service and just being friendly and just and just making the whole thing a pleasant experience you know like that's that's basically what i want is like when people come to the dojo they have a good time. They, uh, they get their sweat on, they learn something, they are hanging out with their friends in a place that's peaceful and beautiful. And, uh, and that's, uh, that's, that's, so that's what I, that's what I, that's what I strive to uh, provide. And that's what, uh, you know, if I was charging 50 bucks a month, I just, I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't have enough money to, to do that.
0: Yeah. I, 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 I hear you. I, I think that's great. I remember if I recall correctly commenting that, that I thought your prices were, were very low given that you fact, given the fact that you live in the Bay area and I know how pricey living out there can be. So it sounds, it sounds to me that you're, you're, you're now, I don't know much about the Bay area other than the few times that have been out there, but it seems like, it seems to me that you're at a price where that makes the most sense um, in terms of what kind of, you know, what the cost of living is out there. It seems like you're charging a fair market value for sure. So, yeah, I think so. And, and, you know, and i I, as my, um,
1: competitors, I look at my competitors as, you know, friendly competitors, obviously as not just judo schools, but martial arts schools in general. So, and, and also martial arts schools and also, um, you know, uh, uh, kickboxing gyms and stuff like that. So if I'm, um, and I know that there are martial arts schools very close to me that are charging, uh, way more, they're charging close to like 200 bucks a month. And that's for like, you know two or three classes a week,
0: right? So what, um, you've got 18 classes a a, a week. So can you tell me a little bit about what your schedule looks like and and what kind of classes those are? Are they all judo since it's five ten judo and wrestling is some of that wrestling. Do you have a separate wrestling coach? Tell me a little bit more about the program and and the classes that you're offering and, you know, uh, kids to adults, you know, everything involved. Uh, yeah. So we have, um, judo and wrestling. We're
1: going to add jujitsu pretty soon. Um, but, uh, we have, uh, it's mostly judo. Uh, we have, um, uh, judo. Let's see for adults. It's, uh, Monday through Thursday and then Saturday morning. And for kids, it's uh, Monday through Saturday. Uh, we have two wrestling classes a week for the kids Monday and Wednesday afternoon. And, um, and, uh, let's see what else. Oh, on Wednesday night, we do a Nogi judo class, uh, which is, you know, just what it sounds like. Judo Yeah. Oh, nice. And then, um, Monday night we have a, um, uh, what I call old school judo, which basically means basically means judo with leg grabs. I mean, we don't get into, we don't get into leg locks and all that stuff, but basically, you know, uh, so our Tuesday, Thursday, um, eight pm. classes. We have an eight pm Tuesday Thursday. That's mostly for um, that's the one where we have the most black belts and people are working out hard and doing a lot you know' it's more like a um it's like a judo workout. you know, everyone's kind of assumed to be at a certain level and you're and and uh, you're preparing for tournaments. so we're going by tournament rules. you know we we just had a guy, um, Chris Moulton, who just got uh, a bronze medal to senior nationals in the uh, in the ninety kilo division, so that's very clever. He's oh, actually, very nice. although he actually technically, he represents, um, UC Berkeley, uh, uh, judo, but, um, but I just, I just, I can't, uh, <laughs> sorry. No, I'll get back to that. Oh, yes, asked me not, not to get off track. No, don't worry but, about uh, it. Back to the schedule. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, yeah. Oh, oh, we also have, yeah, let's see. We also got, so two other things I should mention. We have, um, uh, uh, tiny judo which is, uh, for three to five year olds, which is, which is really, it's it's a really hilarious class. I, I like it a lot, you know, three, three to five years old, they're not actually doing a lot of judo per se, but like, you know, doing throws and stuff. Sure. It's like, it's like pre-judo, they're rolling around, they're learning how to bow, they're learning the etiquette, they're doing mostly waza. you know, every once in a while we'll, we'll, ha- we'll stand them up. But most of the time it's like, you know, we play, you got to, dis- you disguise everything as a game and like you know, they come up, you know, they're that age, they come up to you and they start just to, they raise their hand like, sensei, sensei. And like, yes, you know, what's your question about the technique? And they're like, I played Roblox today. And you're like, oh, that's that's
0: great. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, do you have an adult judo class uh, or adult beginner judo class at all?
1: Yes, that was, yes. That was the next nice thing I was going to mention. So on Tuesday and Thursday from seven to eight, we do our, what we call our judo fundamentals class. And we usually don't do any Rondori. Um, we'll do like a, a few minutes of just kind of moving around, but most of the, um, that is specifically for adult beginners, adult novices, whatever you want to call them. And um, so we spend a lot of time on ukemi, on how to do your rolls. Um, we'll do, you know, how to shrimp and, you know, how to, you know, the basic entry stuff, how to pull, you know, to get your hikite and surite and all that stuff. And, and posture and how to move and how to grip and how to keep your shoulders relaxed and all this stuff. So all the stuff that um so that you know if you if you go to the next class you'll be you know the other classes you'll be kind of have some of the basics down. So and that's been super helpful. We get that class is actually honestly that's our biggest adult class of the week. And (laughs) we have so we have uh that's the class that people seem to prefer is like the shorter class that focuses on the basics and um and uh yeah it's been a great way to to ease people into judo you know rather than like being like okay do like you know 50 uchikomi's and then we're going to do Rondori for half an hour like yeah kind of you know?
0: yeah i i i've i've talked about that many times when when i started judo as an adult I, I was i always felt like i was an outlier that um you know i i was kind of a psychopath in a sense that I, it did that kind of stuff. I mean, you could throw me right in and if I get slammed and get hurt, I didn't, I didn't care, but for for the majority of people, you know, that's not the case. And it sounds like you're, you're, you're bringing them, bringing them up slowly. So I'm curious to know between all these classes, the kids and adults, what kind of lessons have you learned yourself, um, being an instructor and, and how have you improved over since the last time we talked? Oh, man, I think, honestly,
1: I think I've improved a lot. Um, not to toot my own horn, but just, you know, I mean, if no, you do go it full ahead. time. Alt-
0: go right <laughs> ahead. Go to, Go ahead and toot. So, <laughs> No, I mean, you know,
1: you'd, you'd have to, you, you got to learn. Otherwise, you don't, you got to grow. Otherwise, you don't survive. But I would say basically, um, basically, I'm a lot more uh, patient. Uh, and um, especially with the kids, you know, like with kids, you know, you're, they're just, they're not going to be like, Perfect, you know, like, um, and even and and that's true for adults too. Like, you can't expect perfection. You want perfection, of course. You that's the goal. But but basically, what what I what I'm satisfied with is improvement. As long as I see improvement from week to week, um, in you know, in 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 terms of you know, when if they come regularly, you know, and they're and they're making improvement from where they were. That's 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 the most important thing. Um and uh gosh, what else as far as teaching? Uh I don't know. Yeah, it's just um it's it's go it's good to always um you gotta keep expanding your knowledge, you know. So YouTube is a great resource for that because especially like once you get to be a black belt, you know, and you're and you have, you know, you know all the basics, you know, and you know, you know how to do this and that and the other, um, you gotta keep you gotta keep learning. So YouTube is a wonderful, it's an amazing resource for that. But um you know, there's, I'm also lucky to have some some people that I train with out here uh, on a semi-regular basis. I haven't lately just because of the move, but like um, there's a guy, uh, CJ Lee, who's right next door in Castro Valley, who's who's uh, a really top flight. Um, he was, um, I think he was the national champion of South Korea, and then oh, wow. he has, yeah, some friends of his, uh, like uh, Master Han, uh, Ji-Hwan Han, who's right next door in Oakland, and um, he he was on the 2004 Olympic team for South Korea, and then there's another guy, Master Choi, and his wife, uh, another Master Lee, who was there over in Mountain View, and they all know each other. They were all in the Olympics, and and they're like super super high level, and um, and uh, the funny thing is, most of them make their living by teaching Taekwondo, so they have wow. like a taek- yeah, they have a Taekwondo. They're like su- also super high level Taekwondo black belt, so. They do. Um, they they teach uh, Taekwondo to make their money, and then they also have like a couple of judo classes during the week just for fun.
0: That's that's fascinating. So so you visit with them to keep up your your own judo your own judo skills. Is that correct? Yes,
1: yes. And just to be reminded that you know as as the saying goes, there's levels to the game. You know, you go there and like it's like oh my god, these guys are like so far above me in terms of. Like technique and and uh, and you know just the the hours and you know the the competition that they that they've that they've been you know really world class um, world class judoka and teachers they're also really great teachers which is really I also
0: learned from them how to teach which is which is nice. That that's fantastic. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your facilities because I saw uh, I did uh, of course like I said before I follow you on Instagram. And your club page on Instagram, so I saw a lot of the work that went into your mats, for example. So yeah, tell tell us. I don't think you had that kind of setup in your other locations. Maybe you did. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it this seemed like a new approach. So tell me a little bit about your your flooring and your mats and and what you decided to do, because uh, I gotta believe they they must feel fantastic. They do feel pretty
1: great. And actually, we have had the same kind of floors in the last two locations. So in the T-shirt shop with Jose, we built um, what's called the Denver Floating Floor. You probably heard about that. Most of your listeners probably know what that is, which is that's basically like the foam. It's like uh, foam blocks, you know, and then two layers of plywood and then the mats on top of that. And uh, so uh, we did that there. And then we moved to Oakland Strength Factory. We built a whole nother floor over there. And then, uh, and then we came over here and we did the same thing. Um, so it's, it's, we kind of were, each one was a little bit different, but, uh, we're, we're getting pretty good at it. So, but, (laughs) but I signed a five-year lease here. So, uh, hopefully we won't have to do it again. So
0: sure. Now, now for the benefit of the listeners that may not know what that is, can you, can you briefly, briefly explain what that flooring is?
1: Yeah, for sure. So basically, um, I, I, it's called the Denver floating floor, I guess, because there was a dojo in Denver that first came up with it, uh, basically to, instead of putting the mats directly on the floor, uh, you know, which is, you know, if you have good mats, that's pretty good. But, you know, even so it's, it can be pretty, it can be pretty hard on the body. So what you do is you take, um, uh, you got your four by eight sheets of plywood, four foot by eight foot. And on each of those four by eight sheets of plywood, you put between 30 and 36 uh, pieces of closed cell polyethylene foam. And I used to order from Wisconsin foam, but I found out that, uh, pool noodles, you know, the things you play with in the pool. Are yeah. made of, Yeah. They're made of exactly the same material. Um, and it's, it's not cheaper to get them as pool noodles, but they're a lot more accessible. So like uh, to finish the job, I just, I went to Walmart a couple times and got some jumbo pool noodles and then chopped them up uh, into, um, three inch, uh, uh, three inches long each, and then use some construction adhesive and just glue them onto the plywood. Then you flip them over. Uh, and so, you know, if you can visualize, you got these, these plywood with the foam on it and you flip it over and then, um, and you lay out your, your mat space. And then you, um, then you put another layer of plywood on top of that layer of plywood, um, with the seams overlapping. So, um, and then you, uh, just screw the two layers together using, you know, drill and, and wood screws and, uh, and, uh, and then you're set. I mean, although there was one, another little wrinkle for this one, because the, uh, the mat area, it doesn't go wall to wall. You had to leave a little, um, walkway.
0: Right. So, uh,
1: we just, uh, we had, we put a big four, I think it was four by eight piece of lumber on the side and then drilled that into the concrete. And then we drilled the, um, the, uh, the plywood into that side piece. So it won't shift around.
0: That's fascinating. Yeah. I'm glad, I'm glad you shared that because I was just, just envisioning all the work involved. So what kind of costs does that, what what kind of mat space do you have? How, how big? Uh, it is just about 850 square feet, the mats themselves. Yeah. V- very nice. Very nice. And the, what, what company did you go with? Are, are these mats that you've always had or did you buy new mats for this new location? I got new mats. I got new mats uh, because I wanted it to look uh, a
1: certain way. So I ordered them from Dolomir and I got uh, the—they're the kind of green tatami, you know, the classic green tatami look. Yeah. Um, with uh with the red uh, competition squares painted on. So I got the the flexi rolls, the flexi connect rolls, not the not the standard tatami. Because if you get the standard tatami, you can just get either you know red tatamis or green tatamis and lay them out however you want. Um, so I got the rolls, which meant that I had, they had to paint, they had to paint it on, you know, with some kind of special matte paint. And then, um, and then, uh, and then they ship them out in like, I think it was about seven rolls and then you just roll them out and, uh, and you know, and there you are.
0: That's fantastic. Yeah. Those, those dollar mats are great. That's, that's what, uh... That's what I train on currently. Our, my, the club that I'm at, they don't they don't have a a a, a floating floor like that. It's it's really yeah. an elevated floor, but it it almost serves the same purpose. It's elevated just because um our club sometimes has an issue with with flooding because of all the rain. So they they ah. elevated they elevated the mats um probably about six inches off the ground, just you know, but but there's no there's no foam or anything. But it but but it acts almost as as a uh as a, as a floating floor of sorts with the foam uh-huh. and everything. So it's, 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 it's a nice fall. I never, ever use crash mats cause I can't stand them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's a similar, similar type type of setup. So that, that's really great. So, so how are, how do the, uh, the, the adults like that, that set up there? I, I gotta, I gotta think that for the, for the newbies, it really saves on their bodies. Right.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean the thing is for newbies, newbies don't know people who've never done judo don't know how it's supposed to feel. You know what I mean? So and and uh but so you know they just they don't really remark on it. But people who have, you know, old timers who have done judo before, they come and they're like, oh wow, the floor is just
0: really nice, you know. Oh, that's <laughs> a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I've done I've done judo on on one inch puzzle mats on top of concrete. That's uh, so Ooh, yeah, that's dangerous. That's yeah, dangerous. yeah, it is. But I've I've done it. So uh, no, I <laughs> I definitely appreciate a good floor. Yeah, yeah. So so how about um, so you said you're going to look to bring in a a some Brazilian jiu-jitsu as well. Do you do you have a so when it comes to the wrestling portion of it, do you have a do you have a wrestling coach that comes in and, and, and splits the rent or are you the one doing the wrestling, uh, the, the coaching for wrestling as well? Yeah, I'm, I'm teaching the wrestling class. Uh, I wrestled in high school. Uh, I
1: didn't wrestle in college, but uh, I wrestled in, in high school. And uh, you know, when I wrestled in high school, it was one of my judo sensei, not my main judo sensei, but one of the black belts in the club. He was like, he was like, Jonah, you got to wrestle, you got to wrestle. And so, so he was the really, he guy named Anthony Daniels that I, I, I owe him really, because when, when I went into wrestling, you know, high school wrestling is different than the wrestling we do. Like I have like, you know, kids from age six up to like 11, basically doing the wrestling. So, you know, we just have fun with it. We, we learn wrestling in high school though. You know, it's, you really turn, you turn into a savage, they, they turn you into a savage beast. And then yeah. I came back from, came back from wrestling season and got on the judo mat and brought that same wrestling mentality to the judo mat. And I was just, I started winning a lot more matches. Um, So, so, you know, technique or, or, or attitude wise, I think uh, wrestling and judo really go together. Um, Yeah. Interesting. So, So,
0: yeah. Okay. So, so you, you do teach the wrestling as well and you keep, do you keep that completely separate from the judo? So you actually have maybe kids that come in, that are or that are just looking for wrestling do you have that or is' it just something that you incorporate as part of your curriculum
1: no yeah it's a separate class we were we wear wrestling shoes um and oh. it's we, yeah yeah we we do have uh we do have kids that come in just for wrestling um i always encourage them i say hey like you know you should give the judo classes a try it's you know and it's all included like the kids program for 119 it's like the judo the wrestling unlimited classes whatever you want So I always encourage my judo kids to come to wrestling and I encourage my wrestling kids to come to judo. But so there is some, and there's some crossover, but then there's some kids that are just wrestling and
0: just judo. And you mentioned earlier that you're looking to bring in Brazilian Yes, Um, Is is that enough? Is that with the affiliation that you're currently with? Yes.
1: Yes, definitely. So I'm, I'm super excited about that. Um, My, uh, um, I just haven't worked out the schedule yet, so we don't have a, we don't have it on the schedule yet, but, um yeah i've been i've been learning brazilian jiu-jitsu for a while now and you know i got my purple belt and um nice so either uh you know maybe i'll teach the classes or maybe you know there's actually also a lot of like brown and black belts in our uh carlson gracie association that you know i could i might be able to bring in and um and teach here. So that would be, that would be awesome too. I I would go to those classes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, of course. So, especially, uh, you get some Brown or black belts in there. So how are you liking uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? I mean, you said you've been doing it a while. I, I got to assume you've been doing it in a few years now, that, now that you're a purple belt.
1: Yes. I mean, I love, I love Brazilian Jitsu. I was doing it. I was doing it last time we talked too. I think I was a blue belt at that point. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah. And it's, uh, you know, I'm, it's great. You know, my coach Omar Kazdi is out here and, uh, you know, he's a he's a savage, you know, and, and I trained with a lot of cool people. And it's just, you know, I, I don't know what to say that I that's that wouldn't be uh, uh the same as what other judo black belts who started Brazilian Jiu Jitsu would say. But I'll just say it anyway. Basically, you know, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is like it's 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 fun because, number one, it's it's way more creative and involved on the ground.
0: Yeah, you know, it is.
1: You got yeah, you got you know you, you because there's no because there's no um pins you know it's not like oh i pinned you now we're done it's like right. you just you just keep going from there and then so you have a lot more options and um and it it's it's nice that i think culturally it's a nice mix because cult- club but like it's it's way more relaxed than uh judo like there's less formality and that has its pluses and minuses so so, you know, don't get me. It's not like I'm, oh, judo is so stuffy. Like I love the judo etiquette and like the bowing and, and all this stuff. And, um, but I also appreciate, you know, the, the jujitsu, the Brazilian jiu-jitsu way, which is like, you know, you come in, you say, what's up, you give, you give a pound to your coach and then you just, you just start working out and, you know, it's, it's just a lot looser and more relaxed. So it's, um, it's, uh, that, that can be an excellent uh, learning environment as well. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Really. You're a lot of your, experiences uh really echo mine and i i um i'm really loving doing brazilian jiu-jitsu and i know a lot of the old school guys won't appreciate hearing something like you know that that brazilian jiu-jitsu is is more you know it's a lot more more options on the ground I, i would say but it really is true um really the the, the movements they, they it is different it's very different it's not just judo on the ground it's 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 a very different approach and i yeah. um i'm really excited doing it because um just learning the different body movements and 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 moving in a very different way than what i'm used to in judo is it's really um i i i just love doing it i i love challenging <laughs> i love challenging myself yeah. physically to do things that i don't do normally you know hey, it's what's, taking what's your,
1: me what's your favorite sweep from the bottom what's your favorite jujitsu sweep
0: on it, honestly just just a scissor sweep i'm i'm actually pretty yeah. good at it i, I, yeah. I just yeah. have this little weird way to that that i get at it and it's it's really the only it's my go-to sweep every time i i nice. I, I I hear that there's a um a lot of people talk about new school versus old school jujitsu yeah. I don't know the difference I probably would be an old school guy I just yeah. I stick to the basics but um, the basics work for me. I just don't have the speed or the flexibility to do, you know, these these weird handstands on my head and move around to the side and and somehow end up in a triangle from bottom. I I can't do that kind of stuff. But I'm very methodical in my approach. And um, but but I'm still learning different things. I I love uh, working open guard and, and, yeah. and spider guard and and doing. A, I got a sweep from spider guard that's pretty reliable for me. Right. Um, so there's there's things like that that. That uh, my my main judo instructor was a jiu-jitsu brown belt, so when he taught me judo on the ground in the waza, it, it kind of had a Brazilian jiu a uh, flair to it. I, I guess I mean it, we we did we did practice a lot of Osaikomi and, yeah. and such, but but he taught me like like he was the only person in judo that that ever taught me specific stuff from half guard, mm-hmm. let's say you, you know or, or basic stuff from half guard where any other judo club i've been in that was just never it was never taught so so things like that i i just just learning movements uh, and, and and being challenged in that way you know y- yesterday i was rolling with a blue belt at my club by his name is leo and and he was just i was trying to push him a little bit you know you know just 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 doing my best really and and just the way that he's moving and and getting in different positions he swept me a couple times i got caught in a triangle and it's like oh, goodness gracious i th- th- these are these are just movements and, and and opportunities that now my whole body is relearning cuz i i tell people all the time in judo that in order to be good at judo you have to you have to learn movements that are completely unnatural and now judo for me is very natural but uh-huh. brazilian jiu jitsu not so much you know what i mean
1: yeah 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 you know i like i like to say that uh when you discover new submissions on the grounds that that you had no idea were there it's like it's like it's as if you've been living in this in this big house for like you know 20 years and then you discover there's like this hidden room you never knew yeah. and you're like, oh <laughs> I'm gonna go into this room wow look at this room there's like a whole living room over here <laughs> yeah yeah
0: exactly it, that's exactly how it feels so it's really exciting to really to be a student all over again I mean yeah. we're I'm always student you know I'll always be a student in judo but I think you know what I mean just going you, you know me being a two-stripe white belt and you, you know just kind of going through that process of of learning all over again so it's yeah. it's a lot of fun it's it's nice to be a student again and mm-hmm. i mm-hmm. i i i mean you know i've i've been i've been a little not slacking on the podcast but yeah i i train four or five days a week now i right. or, you know yeah. so it's 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 good to be too busy to do other things but yeah. um uh, you know that's why I was itching to get you back on the podcast because I was thinking to myself, God, if I if I don't get Jonah on this on, on this next episode, <laughs> I, I'm gonna be you know talking about uh, I, I don't know the latest movie I saw or something. <laughs> <Avengers>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was actually X Men, but uh, you know. Yes, but, by the uh, way, I
1: think that's, I think that's good.
0: So you know, so um, you, you know, so I, I I've just been so busy with with practice and. You know, I I, there's days that I go two hours straight. That that really wears on me. Being, uh, well, you got to be over forty now, right? I am. Yes, I'll be forty one later this year. Oh, okay, yeah. So you're 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 you. I'm forty four, and I it's it it gets challenging as you get older. It really does, and it's not, you know, things that were easy for me at forty are not so easy at forty four. It's 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 interesting to see that transition. So. And I, and I think for me, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is a nice transition for me to extend my ability to practice over the long term. you know? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah definitely. Definitely.
0: So, yeah. well, Jonah, I really appreciate your time. I know you've got uh, a class coming up in probably about 20, 30 minutes, so I don't mm-hmm. want to take up too much of it, but, um, can you let the listeners know how they can follow you or, or, or reach out to you or perhaps yeah, just people sure. locally, uh, that may want to, um, to, to check out your club. So why don't you tell the listeners, uh, how they can get in touch with you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, the
1: website is five one Oh judo, just the numbers five one Oh judo.com. Uh, we're on Instagram. It's five one Oh judo. And, um, also Facebook if you look us up. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah. Oh, also I want to just, uh, let you know, my, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Zach Costa, he started a, uh, MMA program in the space that we left. So we left that space, their mats are still there. And so he started, uh, uh, no-gi jiu-jitsu kickboxing MMA programmer called catch MMA. So if you're looking to do some MMA training, check out catch MMA in Oakland. Uh, and, uh, we're over here in San Leandro, which, you know, you could come from, we got people that come from Berkeley, Oakland, Hayward, um, you know, Castro Valley, you know, the whole, even from Arinda. So, so yeah, so come come check us out, come do some judo, do some wrestling, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, get your kids in class, you know, whatever and uh, and come enjoy the benefits of judo training.
0: <laughs> hey, fantastic, Jonah. I, Jonah, congratulations on all your success. It's it's been a real it's been a real pleasure um took conversing with you all over, over these years and just seeing all the changes in your club and, and you moving around and stuff. It's it, a lot of exciting stuff happening at your club. So I just wanted to thank you again for coming on to the podcast. And uh, again, congratulations on all your success. It's really exciting to see, you, you know, I, I, a lot of times I talk about uh, judo in the United States. Sometimes I come off more negative than I really intend to, but I I, I want to focus on the positive And and you, my man, you're doing a lot of great things out there, and I really appreciate that.
1: Oh, thanks, man. Hey, and I really appreciate your podcast, too. It's like, it's, it's, it's really, it's, you know, it's hours upon hours of free entertainment. And also, <laughs> speaking, of, speaking, of, uh, speaking of positive things, I just want to give a shout out to uh, my buddy Chris Moulton, who I mentioned earlier. He got third place in the uh, senior elite division, not the masters division, not the novice division at the recent USA Nationals in uh, Las Vegas. And uh, he's a guy who just got his black belt like two, three years ago. Uh, he wrestled in college, so he has, you know, kind of a leg up. But he's been working super hard. And uh, he, um, he rep- you know, he represents UC Berkeley Judo uh, in, in that competition. But he trains with us a lot. So I just wanted to say congratulations, Chris. And, uh, yeah, and, and thanks again for the podcast.
0: Yeah, of course, of course. Congrats, congratulations, Chris, also from me. Hey, one last thing before I let you go. Uh, any parting thoughts of the senior nationals? I, I'm, I'm curious to hear what you thought, because I haven't actually talked to anybody who was there.
1: Oh, it was great. I I really enjoyed it. I thought Vegas was a great choice because um, it is uh, easy to get to. There's lots of flights from anywhere in the USA. Attendance, I heard uh, I heard from Serge, Serge Boiso, that um, – Uh, attendance was like up like 40 50 percent i think last year in texas it was like i think it was under 400 competitors in texas and this year was like up closer to 700 so um i I thought it was great i thought it was it was it was a well-run tournament they had they had these big um championship belts i saw did you see those oh they're so cool like WWE or like boxing style i thought they were really fun um and uh you know of course nothing's perfect you know there's i'm sure that there was like you know, a few things that happened that aren't perfect, but overall I thought it was a really well-run tournament.
0: And, and, you know, if they had it in Las Vegas every year, I wouldn't mind. Yeah. That, that, that sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. Since sin city, it doesn't surprise me that the, the numbers <laughs> were up. Maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I, I think you're, you, you may have a point there. Um Maybe they just keep it in Vegas every year. I, I think they should keep that tournament in the same place every year. If they can pull that yeah. off. I, I don't, I don't think you need to round robin it. You know, you know, I don't think you need to move it up to, you know, uh, Cucamonga think, or whatever, um, you know, some, some place way out, uh, out in the middle of nowhere, you know? Yeah. You know, Oh,
1: also I uh, would just like to just say, I, f- I forgot their names, unfortunately, but just, you know, I, everyone I dealt with at the tournament, was a USA Judo employee was like super nice. Like, obviously I'm not saying USA Judo has its problems. It's definitely not a perfect organization. But as far as like, you know, people that I met at the tournament, like I had this one woman in a novice division who had, you know, she was in the wrong division. So I had to switch her up and they were super nice about it. They're right on top of it. And and uh, there was no like it was definitely like a it seemed it seemed like an organization, as far as I could tell, with an emphasis on customer service. They were like, how can we help? You know, we're here to we're here for you kind of a thing. So that was the impression I got. So good job, USA Judo.
0: Excellent. That that's good to hear. I appreciate you sharing that. Cause you know, like I said, sometimes, sometimes I sound a little down on USA judo. I don't <laughs> I don't mean to, I really don't, you know, the, the live streaming thing. Look, I I'm not backing off on that, that, that should have been announced weeks in advance and, and yeah. to, to announce that day of, I don't, I, I don't know. Somebody dropped the ball there. You yeah. could do, they can do better, but, yeah. um, oh, for sure. for but, sure. but, but, but overall, I, I, that's really great to hear that that's exciting news. And, um, you know, well, congrats to USA Judo for having a well-run tournament. That's It's not easy to do uh, that that much is certain. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So, well, Jonah, I won't keep you. Uh, again, I appreciate your time and uh, best of luck to you. And we'll definitely keep in touch. Awesome. Thank you so much, man. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you later. Sounds good. All right, take care. Now on our off-air conversation, Jonah revealed to me that he is engaged to be married and he will be getting married next month in Hawaii in Maui or on Maui or whatever you want to call it. So I'd like to congratulate Jonah and his lovely bride to be on a on a and on their engagement and and uh, eventual wedding, which I think is fantastic. Now listen, Jonah, hopefully she's on board with you being a judo instructor because you never know with some women. They may be like Oh, honey, you know, The Bachelor is coming on. I'd really love for you to sit here and stay home and watch it with me. Don't fall for that crap, Jonah. I'm telling you, I I did in my first marriage, and and I haven't fell for that crap in my second marriage. And, you know, God forbid that happens to you, my friend. So I got to say, that show is horrible. I, I don't know how anybody watches that show, and I don't know how that show has been on for so long. It's the most... B.S. contrived piece of crap I have ever watched on TV. And I let my wife know every single time that she is sitting down in front of it. She actually doesn't even want me in the room because I I can't help myself but comment. And and I'm like, look at this douchebag here pandering to all these women and stuff like that. It's just just ridiculous. I, I can't stand that show. So, you know, like I was saying with my diatribe earlier, with regards to Father's Day and being real men. Well, real men don't sit there and watch The Bachelor with their wives. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say. If you watch The Bachelor with your wife, well, shame on you. And if you want to sit there and and defend the honor of The Bachelor, reach out to me. You can do so at show at gmail.com. You can always follow me on Instagram at lavidajudoka. judoka. My Instagram is awesome, and you will find pictures of me in my new Cobra Kai Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu gi. You will find pictures of me uh, sporting the Warriors gi. And most recently, you will find a picture of me. And, well, it's not really me. It's a picture of my Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu white belt with four stripes on it. Thank you very much. You can always follow me on Twitter, which is also at Judoka. My Twitter's not nearly as awesome as my Instagram, but it's getting better. I like to tweet at Fantasy Judo at times whenever my team sucks. I, I, I like to remind them that I think their system is rigged, even though <laughs> it's not at all. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, you can follow me on Facebook. You can search for the Judo Chop Suey Podcast on Facebook. I appreciate all the follows on there. That page is growing quite a bit, and I can't believe the amount of outreach that I've seen uh, with the podcast Um uh, on my last episode, I couldn't believe how many eyeballs took a look at it. California leads the way in terms of downloads for my last episode, and, and really for the entire podcast in terms of states in the United States, it's it's uh, California by a mile. And then in terms of countries, I've got the United States. Uh, I get the most listens in the United States, which makes sense, which is followed by Canada and the UK, and then Australia. Uh, so I appreciate everybody that listens. Um, inside the country, outside the country, far and wide. I get emails from people from places that I didn't even know existed. It, it really is something else to, to to really experience for myself the outreach that this podcast has. And I want to thank each and every one of you for tuning in every time I release an episode. And I want to thank each and every one of you new listeners that may be listening for the very first time. I really appreciate you checking out the podcast. And uh, let's see. If you want to add me as a Facebook friend, if you have the cajones to do so, you could search me at at Dave Roman. Um, just if you if you add me as a friend, shoot me a message and say, "Hey, I listen to the podcast." Hey, Dave, I think you're awesome. Whatever it is you want to send me a message, at least just shoot me a message saying that you're a listener, and I will add you as a friend. And we can be Facebook friends for the rest of our lives and I, I would just love nothing more than that than to harass you on Facebook on whatever it might my, my uh whatever it is I want to harass you on. So that's what you get if you add me as a friend. So if you if you wanna do that, go right ahead. Just let me know you're a listener because like I said before, I'll say it again. Sometimes I get these friend requests from from beautiful women from Russia and I don't trust any of them, sorry to say. So let's see, I think that's gonna be it for me on this episode. I hope you all have a great day. I hope you all have a great rest of the week. Train hard. Stay safe out there. Until next time, I'm out. Whoop and kangdom star. Gangnam star.